All right. Hello and welcome, everybody. Uh, and welcome back to the Restoring Life podcast, uh, a, the season of a new story of sustainability. Um, so I am sat here with Adam Williams, uh, a new friend uh, who I met a couple months ago, I guess, um, yeah. as I was introduced to your incredible new and growing fast platform, wherefrom.org, uh, which I'll let you talk about shortly. And uh, given we're in the midst yeah, yeah. of uh, lockdown we I guess it's fair to say are talking from two very interesting locations today aren't we the miracle of tech uh you from Costa Rica and me from rural Wiltshire um and actually just starting to explore uh as we did a couple of weeks ago some of the gifts some of the silver linings that our current global situation is providing to us so thank you for coming on thank you for standing outside an internet cafe this morning early your time so we could jam today I appreciate it my pleasure thank you for having me thank you so tell us a bit about well first of all right tell me a bit tell everybody listening a bit about why you're in Costa Rica and how this links to where from because this is a really great story Wow, yeah. Um, so I've, I've, I've never really left Europe my whole life, so this is all kind of new to me. You know, I'm, this traveling thing is very new. But um, yeah, so uh, obviously I've got the company and we, we kind of raised some money recently and I've been flirting with a few projects out here in Costa Rica, you know, doing some really interesting, innovative things, new economic paradigms, new models, this kind of thing, new ways of living. So had a few touch points out here and I just decided, well, look, I'm going to go take a, a short break. I've been working very hard for the last few years <laughs> and I, I booked my flight. I came out here and it was going to be two weeks and I came out here on the second to last flight, I think, from London to Costa wow. Rica and immediately got here. The COVID thing went boom and my flight got cancelled and I couldn't get back and then the next flight I had was July. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going to settle in, strap myself in and... Uh, and kind of enjoy it. Um, the, the funny thing is, is that it's this crazy, amazing amalgamation of different things that have happened, whereby I'm now setting up my own project, or where from is setting up, which is the name of the company, I'm sure I'll go into that in a minute, yeah. setting up our own project out here to do some amazingly wonderful things. So, you know, in some weird way, coronavirus has, you know, been sort of helpful for for, for me personally, I guess. So, yeah, now I'm stuck here and having, I guess, some sense of the time of my life. <laughs> well, and I love that because it's like I'm stuck, right? And I think so many yeah, people yeah. are feeling that right now. And this is certainly yeah. one of the things that prompted us to have this podcast, wasn't it? Because we were exploring yeah. this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about something completely different and this yeah. idea of restoring stuck and actually what's what's being born for a lot of people as they are at home in lockdown but most of us are finding we're getting drawn back to projects and people and teams that we've held totally. for years right but just hadn't found the time to do <laughs> so I'm actually yeah. really astonished as you said by the magic that's happening around this time that's actually helping us take action on stuff we've been meaning to do for years yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm generally quite optimistic in most situations. Um, this one, particularly so. You know, there was a lot of doom and gloom near the start. But I think there's so much good that's come out. I mean, I, it's not maybe the right time to be to be saying things like that. There's a lot of sensitivity and there's a lot of pain and, totally. and, and horrible things happen. Yeah. 
But there's so much good that will come out of this. You know, people connecting again for the first. I was on a phone call on a on a Zoom call yesterday. My whole family, like extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, and it felt so so wholesome. I know. It was like when when was the last time we did that? And I know it's through a computer screen, but. You know, you get at least eighty percent of the goodness from those. Completely, through, through the level room, of right? connection is actually ramping yeah. up, not going down. Yeah. If if we choose it, right? If we choose it, yeah. and I think that goes beyond connection on a human level. So you know, this goes uh, through to connection to the things that are really important to us. And this certainly was one of the things that drew me to where from and you and your amazing team and how you guys are actually managing to bring that forth uh in multiple ways i would say <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's, it's it's it feels like certainly time for change disruption particularly in sustainability and um yeah i think there's a the, 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 one of the best things that's come from the coronavirus thing and it was already happening anyways there's a bit of a mindset shift people are People are ready now for to really attack a transition period, you know, to yeah. to to try new things and to and to see to see where we can go, you know. Um, my my business, where from? I probably should give you a little brief background and the listeners. Um, we're a kind of a sustainability platform, if you like, a tech platform, but we're we're all about kind of consumer perception, and we're not going to rewrite the book of sustainability, and we're not you know, proclaiming that we have absolute truth on, on products and things. But all we do is we, we have a type of sort of trust pilot style model where the consumers who use the products, any product in the in the shelves in the UK, they can review the products based on how sustainable they think they are. It's just perception, you know? Yeah. And what that does is it just moves the dial. When we first when we first started the business, the aim, the big overarching aim was to take <laughs> Every single product in the UK and in the world, in fact, you know, um, and and find out exactly how much carbon went into getting that 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 um, product onto the shelves, how much water was used right. to get onto the shelves, and give consumers at the point of purchase some information to go on, yeah. so they can make better choices, more informed, conscious choices. And we really quickly, very very quickly, realised that that was tech technologically impossible we, we tried everything we could we explored every angle but we eventually settled on this consumer perception thing and it, you know it's just shifting the dial it makes brands listen what we're yeah. finding already is that you know people reviewing i don't know i would say oreo for example has had about ten thousand review people review the product on how sustainable they think oreo cookies are <laughs> and you see the brand oreo are realizing, wow, look at all this amazing information that we're gathering from Absolutely. people who care about sustainability on nuanced areas of their sustainability strategy. Yeah. They now are reacting. How can we how can we engage with those people, find out more about why they think they're doing bad or doing good in some cases? Um, and this this creating this dialogue between consumer and brand based on this one strand, which is sustainability, and it's quite a broad strand, don't get me wrong, is super, super helpful, super useful. And that's the mindset shift is making the brand sustainably minded. Yes. It's, 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 it's time for that. Right. And, uh, Hopefully, yeah. we can play our part in facilitating. No, I agree, and I think you've actually hit on through your through your journey, even though it probably wasn't intended at the beginning, which is how all these things like play out, aren't they? Is actually yeah. perception 
is almost more important and drives behavior more than fact quite often. We see this everywhere, right? We see this everywhere in the media right now around the COVID thing, which is actually, you know, people will often make decisions and behave on the basis of the perception of their peer group or their family or their culture. So actually, you know, would they stop and read a whole list of facts about a product? No, (laughs) it's very rare, unless you're a sustainability geek like you or I, you probably wouldn't. Um, But actually, you know, do you listen to other people when they're talking about great brands or or brands that suck? Of course you would. Um, So I think, you know, just by you guys bringing that that intersection of uh, customer people voice and perception to brand voice and perception, because there's often a massive gulf in between the two. Um, You can get really interesting co-creative things happening, right? And and people aren't stupid. You know, the problem you have with that disconnect is this this idea of greenwashing, you know, Mm -hmm. brands saying things just to win a few PR points. Yeah. But people aren't stupid. One of the big mindset shifts of our time now is that the institutions that govern yeah. you know, or, or, or the, the money, where do you take it? They're realizing people aren't stupid. Yeah. Why do you think that you know, long-form three-hour podcasts are getting more viewership than CNN's, CNN or Fox News or The Guardian News? Yeah. Or, or you know, It's like we're, we're going through this revolution of people, they have a thirst for knowledge, they have the ability to gain it, and they're smart enough to do stuff with it. Yes. Um, so, so, so part of our platform as well, and I don't want to like, sell or anything, but part of the platform of what we're doing is educating as well, trying to bridge that gap. So it's not just about reviewing products, it's also about learning about sustainability, yeah. understanding the nuance of sustainability, understanding the gray areas, because, you know, one person might think something is sustainable and another person might think it's incredibly unsustainable. Yeah. And you know, people, there's, some, there's a lot of gray. So educating is, is a big part of it as well. No, I love that. I love that. And it's funny because so you and I talked a bit earlier about permaculture, which is one of my passions as well. And um, yeah. I I love that. Buzzword right now. Huh? I, well, it kind of is becoming see, that way, some, right? I saw some stats <laughs> on, uh, on Google searches of permaculture has gone up, I think, two and a half thousand percent. Seriously. Well, that yeah, doesn't yeah. surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. That, yeah. that was one of the projects that I've had on the back burner for ages. And I'm like, I really want to get to that. And actually, yeah. in this particular time I've managed to finally get to do my permaculture design stuff so I'm like oh, I'm yes, so excited but well done, one man. of those principles that just always gets me uh with its power socially so one of the things I'm really passionate about is social permaculture so how do we you know through through all right classic things like biomimicry so if we look at a healthy forest garden right which you mm-hmm. and I were talking about earlier how does that how do those principles in that ecosystem translate to an organization or a team or a family and you know sure. biomimicry at its core but the one yeah. permaculture principle that I think is really interesting and it really plays to what you were just talking about is um all the interesting kind of innovative things happen at the edges and the margins and so if you look at this kind of almost like Venn diagram that you're creating between consumer perception and brand awareness self-awareness even (laughs) you know actually there's a really interesting lens that happens when you put those two things together and that for me is where real innovation can actually start to take place if the brand is open to it yeah I couldn't agree with you more and actually to caveat that is like we're not reinventing the wheel we're not to be completely honest 
building anything that's incredibly complex or yeah or or, or crazily forward thinking but there are companies out there that are yeah there are people innovating some amazing things somewhere in there in that Venn diagram and you know hopefully we can do our bit to pave the way for some of these incredible startups and scale-ups to innovate and and really make big big long-lasting yeah. impactful change so hopefully yeah. we can play on it well and bring that bring that voice and that story out right because it's that whole thing of right now um everyone's gone online right you and I are online right now I mean you know it's like everything has gone online and and if you're not careful the noise of that <laughs> can be quite overwhelming um and yet if you are if you become very discerning so you know uh, again choosing very carefully what channels, what platforms, what social media, you know, voices that you choose to follow or partake with. This can be an incredible time of sharing ideas and amplifying ideas. And I hope, you know, I think one of the things I, I wanted us to jam about is, is you know, what what's bringing you hope right now. I think for me, you know, one of the biggest signs of hope is that so many people right now are saying, I don't want it to go back to how it was. I want this to be something new because if we miss the opportunity of these times, then we have given away a massive gift globally, you know? So I hope it, for me, what's bringing me hope is people are starting to be much more discerning and much more uh, selective in how they're connecting and what they're doing with those connections too. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think... I've seen in the last, you know, it's just the COVID thing, I've seen a lot more empathy being shown. I've, I'm seeing I'm seeing people who have good ideas feel like there's actually a way to, to bring them to fruition and discussing these types of incredible ideas. Um, I think from an economic standpoint, we're finally realising, this has been a slow ticking one, we're finally realising that there is a more meaningful way to live than just submitting yourself to labor and kind of collecting a paycheck and, 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 you know, this idea of the hamster wheel and don't get me wrong. I, I'm not, I'm not shitting on it. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a necessary evil to have got us to this place, yeah. but we're now transitioning away from that being kind of the, the focus and into these sort of, project-based things that value human capital, that value social capital. Yeah. And I, I think I used the example to you with, with you before. It's like the economists, they, they, they completely ignore these types of things, social capital and, and, and the like. And I play football every Saturday afternoon, right? I get up out of bed, I wake up, I drive to football, I spend the, <laughs> the money to, to pet with petrol and I get there. And I and I play and I I pay to play. In fact, I have to pay to play. <laughs> and then I go home and I get home and I, my whole Saturday is gone and I'm knackered. And but it's so worth it. Yeah. You know, that's basically a job. You know, I'm, I'm going and doing something and getting so much value from it. I'm not being paid for it. Yeah. And people are starting to get into this mindset that there is so much value to extract from life. Yes. Away from a paycheck. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's and it's. It's not any more meaningful, but it's accessible now. You know, you can yeah. join these projects and volunteer and get involved. In the Where From Project, for example, we want everyone to volunteer and get involved in things. Yeah. So, yeah, lots and of opportunities. No, for sure. And, you know, we'll be putting all of the, all the links that we are mentioning in this, I will put in the show notes as always, so people can find you and find out all of these, you know, all these cool ways to engage with you. But 
this just as you were talking it was making me reflect because I had this <laughs> been having you know on a really micro scale so choice is changing you know and and this this realization of <laughs> perhaps we are getting a behavior shift that you and I and many other people have been working in sustainability for years to try and create but this sense of um, I had it just the other day so I hadn't really uh I'd left the house for a walk here and there but I hadn't really left the house in like five days and I was like actually I'm feeling a bit stir crazy I might just go I might go shop for some groceries and I stopped and I just went but what what do you actually need like do you actually need anything and I was looking around and you know I was like no, well no because actually I've been getting in the garden more I've been because I'm lucky enough to have a garden I know a lot of people don't but you know I've actually been in the garden Very lucky. I've been Very growing lucky. stuff I've been you know talking what to my Oh my God, we, I planted stuff last year that I then got very busy and forgot about. I mean, we have got like wild sorrel, I've got wild carrots going out there, we've got the apple trees are bursting into blossom. I mean, I've literally been going out and gathering my own herbs for tea every morning. And um, just little things like, you know, when you have potatoes that go to seed, plant them. (laughs) <laughs> instead of throwing yeah. them or composting totally. them plant them so it's like this cornucopia of stuff going on right that yeah. you pay attention I'm to i'm new to this by the way you know i, I have to confess i'm a self-confessed city <laughs> boy always have been you know food for me was you go to tesco right. you pick it up in a packet you bring it home and i'm you know, only in the last few years i really understood the, the provenance of food and so on oh my god and but how abundant the earth is me, i'm living with this girl Who's, who's the, the permaculture kind of architect in our project? Yeah, she's fascinating. You should have her on for sure. <laughs> um, and and um, she, there's not a single bit of waste. There's exactly. not a single bit. So we cut the pineapple. The beautiful pineapples here in Costa Rica, by the way. Um, <laughs> we cut the pineapples, chop them up, and we're make, making like a smoothie or whatever we make. And she keeps all the skins and she, she puts them in the freezer in a little bag. And when she comes three, four days later, she's like, oh, "I'm going to make tepeche, some." Costa Rican fermented alcoholic kind of amazing creation. Wow. And it's just blowing my mind. Yeah. Yep. totally we can be so much more as well and the world that is the world of permaculture right there isn't it and there's other ways into that too but that idea of just regeneration all the way through and so I did I had to check myself in the kitchen and go I don't need to go out like I was about to go out for entertainment right not because I actually (laughs) had a need at all and I think a lot of other people I'm talking to are having these little mini epiphanies of how much we used to use consumption and outer distraction to just make ourselves feel entertained and so I think perhaps this like one of the psychological shifts that's happening right now is actually you know, you and I talk a lot about restoring growth as an example, like growth is actually starting to be focused much more inwardly. And this idea of, of the natural healthy cycles of the planet around us and the natural healthy cycles of human culture, when we are in balance Mm. are so abundant, so fertile, like so off the charts, innovative, but we've not allowed them to be because we've spent so much time focusing on outward distraction. So yeah, there's wow. more creativity now available than ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a really important piece that is the the distraction things, and we just get used to it. Yeah. You just get used to being distracted all the time. You get used to having to go down the pub or having to go right. X, Y, or Z. You know, 
it's, it's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I don't use kind of Facebook and those kind of things. Yeah. Like it's just, it, it's more than anything. It's, it's an addiction. Yes. Addiction to the distraction because you can't be left with your own thoughts and you can't be left with your own ideas and you can't be left with the stark reality that actually it's pretty hard being a, a wild human you yes. know, roaming the earth. It's, it's pretty difficult. Um, and for sure, this, 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 this COVID thing is, is, is certainly given rise to, to, to some more self inner reflection. I, I think that, that that has to be a good thing. Definitely. Well, so maybe his... if we, maybe if we just, just my personal thing, but maybe <laughs> if we just, just, just trim down the, the level of kind of media consumption, you know, Netflix four hours a day and yeah. Instagram and, you know, it's just like, you know, be okay with being bored for a bit. Some, yeah. Your brain, your brain learns to critically think to develops the idea of critical thinking when you're bored. Boredom yes. is like an evolutionary good thing. I so, agree. One takeaway, be, be bored every once in a while, people. Allow yeah. yourself to be bored. Do you know what? It's so funny you say yeah. that. My uh, my dad was great at this. Because, of course, when you're kids, I mean, I don't know, growing up when I was, I grew up in the country. I grew up before, this is showing my age, before we had uh, high-speed internet. Like, I did not have a phone or an iPad. So, you know, there was often times where I'd be like, I'm bored, I'm bored, right? And my yeah, dad, yeah, yeah. instead of trying to, you know, do what a lot of parents do now, which is give a whole list of options for their kids to try and stop them being all mopey around the house he would just go great good to meet you bored (laughs) I would just be like dad shut up right but actually he would he wouldn't try and give me options he would literally let me sit in the boredom field as I called it yeah and then of course inevitably I'd go off and my sisters I had two younger sisters we'd find something to do or I'd go wander the hill or you know find a new den or climb a tree or whatever and so you're right that blank space isn't blank it's for me that space where we actually get to find our own inner voice and our truth and our intuition about stuff <laughs> i'm going to do just in, next week i'm going to go and do um kind of this beautiful mountain not far from here and this is bad i'm sorry people if you're in the lockdown but i'm going to do three or four days just on my own in in, uh, oh, in the mountain beautiful. and just it's just one of my friends and she said that you've got to do it you, you really you, you, you learn who you are. You know, you get time to just, you and you. Agreed. If there is such a concept. Like, you, you get to know yourself. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try and, I'm sure I'll come up against that theme that you just described where it was summer holidays and I was bored shitless <laughs> and I had nothing to do and I had no phone and there was no internet to distract myself. And So um, I'm actually quite looking forward to it. Definitely. When it's funny you say that, the last uh, three weeks I've been doing a a short podcast series with a friend of mine, Giles Hutchins, on vision questing, which is a practice I've done for the last 10 years on and off. And that idea of, you know, it doesn't have to be like how we would imagine a full indigenous vision quest, but just like going to the mountains for three days with just you, a journal, a hammock, some water, you know, and that kind of practice of just retreat. And it doesn't have to be. I mean, obviously being out in nature is great. But being, even if it's just you in your flat, like going within yeah. for three days, shutting off all the tech, shutting off all the distraction, you will come up against every single story that you've been fighting so hard through your addictions to avoid. And I think oh, that's God. definitely that's what is kind of, not that I want to, you know, I'm sure you'll have a, <laughs> I'm sure you have a great yeah. time. Um, but, you know, I'm sure lots of people listening will be jealous. But this idea of welcoming excited. it, welcoming the blank space, you know, and then when you do return from that, choosing how you engage so you know I mean I've just noticed in the last period of lockdown in the UK 
how much better I've got saying no. So really following my instinct and my intuition when I do say yes to doing a podcast or taking on a piece of pro bono work or even just picking up and having a phone call with people, I would have like two months ago said yes to about 60% more than I am now because I'm really protecting my space. I'm protecting my blank space. And so I think if we can just exit out of this period into something that has more of that balance, right? More of that kind of inward and outward focus. I think we're all going to be in an incredible place as a community. I love that concept, protecting your blank space, as in it is sacred. It is something that's worth defending. Totally. Nothingness, your own nothingness in your own, your own you. Yeah, I'm I'm dulled. Totally. I'm looking forward to this, uh, this little individual yeah well so here's one last question then as a city boy who will at some point i'm sure enter back into into that world uh when you when we finally drag you away from costa rica or maybe not um but if you were to come back (laughs) return from your quest what have you learned where you are right now in this incredible natural ecosystem that you want to bring back to where from and your work there that you want to bring back to kind of you know the world over here (laughs) i feel like i cannot explain to you you know what's funny i feel like a child here i've been thinking i've been thinking of my of my very first girlfriend when i was 14 15 16 years old like really a lot when I first got here and I said it's so weird I said to my friend why have I been thinking about my first girlfriend so much <laughs> and he was like it's because you feel like a child mate you've just regressed to a 15 year old boy I, I I walked into these 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 farms these places where they grow food with love and care and met the people that grew it and plucked off like a, a star fruit off the tree and just ate this juicy star fruit dripping down my chin. And I was just like, wow. I, I'm so in touch with A, being outside yeah. in nature and feeling like a kid, but also I didn't know, I've never, as a city boy, you don't think about food in the way they do it. Yeah. You know, they, the amount of energy and effort, and especially if you're going to be in, speak to the indigenous who have all of these ceremonies when they harvest the fruit because they know how incredible the incredible energy that's gone into it totally it's like uh, it was like mind-blowing mind-blowing and I, I the one thing i could say is that it's anyone who who lives in the city and it's just probably rationalizing it from a kind of book perspective understanding farming and permaculture it, it pales into insignificance uh, when compared to going to a farm and yeah. seeing it and touching it and smelling it and it's yeah just completely mind explosion i will bring it with me forever not just back to not just back to london oh i love that i love that well there's a there's a call to action for people which is you know it's one thing to I think all my permaculture teacher says this it's one thing to read about growing vegetables that's not permaculture (laughs) you know permaculture is immersing yourself in the living breathing ecosystem of the planet and understanding our interconnection with all of that life and celebrating it like you said and bringing the joy to that so whether that's a city park or your balcony with your herb boxes or wherever uh celebrating the joy of being a part of that ecosystem um that will forever change you 
Jen, your energy is wonderful. Um, this is a, a, an open invitation to come and, and be part of the Wherefrom project whenever you like. There's a place here for you to stay. To come and help, you know, we're going to be planting the, the you know, with land sort of uh, designing the gardens and the buildings at the moment. So we'll be planting and building in the next few months. Come out here. I would love to. It would be an absolute pleasure to have you. Oh my God. See, that is a big yes. (laughs) I'm like, that's even, as I said, that's a hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing, watch amazing. out for the next exciting installment of Adam and I uh, talking perhaps on site from Costa Rica. Uh, you never know, oh, yeah. right? When all Absolutely. of this new natural takes hold and hopefully we bring so many of the gifts of this time back with us and don't forget a lot of them. Uh, being really mindful about what each and every day is delivering up, right? In terms of, of a new sense of inner growth. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing your ability to communicate is incredible and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm super, it's super refreshing to see people doing this kind of thing and it's a pleasure to come and, to come oh, and talk to thanks you mate thanks Adam and thank you for joining us all the way from your sl- slice of Eden <laughs> and <laughs> no, until home, I <laughs> definitely I want a star fruit <laughs> and tune in again for when adam and i reconnect in some other part of the world thank you thank you so much mate cheers thanks